Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the news stories that matter to you. Harder. Older. Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Welcome back to the show. I'm Julia Hartley-Brewer. You're with Talk TV. Now, Rishi Sunak is facing a party revolt over his Rwanda policy. This after the resignation of Immigration Minister Robert Jenrick yesterday and a warning from the former Home Secretary, Suela Brahman, in her first speech since being sacked by Rishi Sunak uh, that the Conservatives face electoral oblivion within months. Well, the draft law on Rwanda is going to be presented to Parliament today with a vote next week that could be turned into confidence vote. Well, joining me now to discuss all of this is former Conservative Party leader Sir Ian Duncan-Smith. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Good morning. I mean, you know, if British politics these days, you look away for a couple of minutes and it's all changed again. Um, one minute, there was Robert Jenrick, the immigration minister, pushing the government's immigration policy and how they were finally going to stop those boats, send people off to Rwanda. That would put people off coming over from Calais. The next minute, he's re resigned, saying that it won't stop the boats and saying the bill was a triumph of hope over experience. We've got the sacked Home Secretary saying basically the party's on the road to oblivion. What is going on? Uh, business as usual, <laughs> uh, I think. Really. <laughs> um, I shouldn't laugh, really. Uh, I have to say that, uh, uh, you know, politics is very fevered at the moment because uh, this whole last four or five years, I heard you discussing earlier on about the ludicrous inquiry that's going on. Uh, trailing over the entrails of irrelevance, as far as I can find out, to discover absolutely nothing. Uh, actually, the Centre for Social Justice, which I'm a chairman, I set up looking at the plight and difficulties for the poorest and how to help the poorest, uh, will be publishing something next week. And the work that they have done, it's an independent inquiry, not my inquiry, uh, but the work that they have done will show just how damaging the lockdowns have been yeah. uh, to the poorest in the community. I, I, want, I, do, I do want to come on to that, but I do want to focus, if we can, on the machinations <coughs> of what's going on yeah. in Parliament at the moment. Because we know, look, people are dealing with the economic fallout and all the health and other fallouts from uh, COVID policy, but they also feel very strongly about stopping huge numbers of, of men coming across to our shores and being able to stay here, a huge cost, four, six billion pounds a year being spent on it. Um, the government seems to be totally and utterly incapable of, of dealing with this issue. Are you on the side of the current Home Secretary, today anyway, James Cleverley, who thinks that this new Rwanda bill will stop the boats along with that treaty he's just signed in, in Kingali? Kingali uh, but, or, or, or are you on the side of the recently sacked Home Secretary, Suella Bravman, and says it won't work and it won't stop the boats? Who's right and who's wrong? Well, I, to quote Shakespeare, but a warrior for the working day, I've given up on the idea of who's right or wrong. All I know is that we have to fulfil our pledge, which is to reduce migration. I believe migration is now turning down on the legal side, but the measures announced out the other day will help accelerate that. Uh, and on the illegal side of it, which is the bit that we're dealing with the boats, uh, we have to show that we will have 
discourage people to the extent that the boats are no longer viable. They pay lots of money to cross the boats. So they, if the risk is they'll arrive on shore and then be sent away, uh, then, of course, that will mean there's no point in them wasting yeah. their money. And that is the key to this. So the, 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 the legislation is relevant because, and we can't forget this, the, the courts and the Human Rights Act and all the other paraphernalia that goes with this uh, have given to those who come illegally uh, huge rights to then um, dispute uh, their right to remain here once they've arrived. And I think this is really where the dispute arises. And it's worth reminding ourselves. I mean, by the way, I think this legislation, uh, there's a group of lawyers looking at it called the Star Chamber. They're independent. And I'm going to hold my judgment on this until they pronounce, I think, either later today. But I will say that it's heading in the right direction, whether it's going to be absolutely perfect is another thing altogether. But the problem we face is not alone in the UK. I see that France has sent some uh, what they call illegal migrants straight back to Syria. They've not even bothered yep. <laughs> to find a safe... I'm sorry, a safe third world, a third country, uh, and Denmark passed legislation, and they've been sending people back, and their migrant, uh, legal migrancy has collapsed pretty much. Mm. Sweden got angry with them because they were all going to Sweden after that, and they're now passing legislation. Uh, and many, much of this legislation will ignore the Human Rights Act. Germany is talking about the same. Italy is now talking about it. So the irony is really the question now is, is the law now out of date when it comes to the concept of uh, a legal uh, asylum yeah, but th seeking. this was all set up at a different time dealing with a different a different crisis in that sense yeah. um but but this is this is the difficulty isn't it because at some point under the tory watch after all these promises and at the time there was for tens of thousands of uh, of migrants when we were already in the hundreds of thousands under tony Blair and gordon brown um there was an abject failure not just to stop like legal migrants but the massive growth in illegal migrants syria onwards and all of that but also an abject yeah. failure to actually send anyone home now the inspiration for the policy we've got now is australia and um, we've just been talking to my guest philip ingram he's a security specialist you know a former uh, intelligence officer that you know that 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 policy worked within weeks boats stopped coming but that was because Anyone who arrived on Australia's shores, anyone would be taken off to an island. They would never touch Australia's shores. The Rwanda policy is about sending a few hundred people. At best, best case scenario in the future, a couple of thousand. We have a few hundred arriving most mm. days. That Look, if you're willing to take the odds of travelling across the world, travelling across Europe to get to the Calais, you're willing to take your odds on a risky, on a big dinghy, often without even a life uh, jacket on, you're willing to take the odds that you're not going to be one of the few hundreds sent to Rwanda. So even if this policy worked and it was legally watertight, it's not going to stop anyone from coming. Well, I'm, I'm not altogether certain that I completely agree with that. I think the real point about this is when it was announced out originally, the idea of sending them to this third country, we did see an almost immediate fall off uh, in people taking to the boats because bear in mind that they are paying for this. So they're paying a lot of money to be able to get across into these rickety boats. So they understand and calculate the risk of there being an accident and them uh, dying at sea. And that hasn't deterred very, you know, very many of them. But if they then take that risk and arrive here, and it can be shown uh, that they will automatically go straight, as it were, via the uh, detention centre uh, to uh, the route back to Rwanda, that becomes a very big risk to them. Because, of course, first of all, they're going to go further away from where they started. Um, and therefore, the gamble is, what would it take to get them back from there? The second point about this, which is really important, and we lose sight of this, is that they have crossed almost certainly at least one 
Western country to get yeah. to the UK shores, maybe two or three. And in each one of them, <clears throat> the uh, reality is that they could and should have claimed asylum there if they wanted to. Well, they're in, so they are not than... legally required to do that. I mean, goodness me, we debated no, that not, million but times. That, but, okay, but, but, but that's let... why... Yeah. Well, I was just going to finish. That's why the courts have failed to take that, I think, into proper yeah. consideration. Are they really uh, desperate that, at the point um, they get not, to us? Yeah. Can I, can I bring yeah, you back can. to so what... that's why this bill is, a bill of like this is necessary. Yeah. Can I bring you back to what might happen politically? Um, Suella Brovman, mm. she, she said in an interview today and in her statement to the Commons yesterday, she said that she wanted the party faced within a matter of months electoral oblivion. If we introduce yet another bill destined to fail, she says, do we fight for sovereignty or let our party die? Uh, she's saying we've let down the trust of uh, the people who put their trust on, on the party to deal with this issue. Is this now pretty much a make or break moment for Rishi Sunak? Is it likely this vote when it, on this Rwanda bill that's introduced today, the vote's going to be next week, is it likely that could turn into effectively a vote of confidence in the Prime Minister? Could we see, you're a former Conservative leader yourself, could we see yet another Conservative leadership election before the next general election? Well, I think that would be a mistake. Uh, and I've made that clear to colleagues, we have to knuckle down and deal with the practical issue that faces us. Uh, there may be some scope if the bill turns out under full inspection not to be as tight as possible. It is feasible for us, if necessary, to adjust that bill as it goes through Parliament. So this is not a make or break day that if it goes through, it's, uh, you know, it is as it is. It could be amended uh, with our majority to make sure it's tightened up. And I think that is one way of looking at it. The second part of this, I just think that my party's got to take a deep breath now and ask itself very seriously um, why we want to keep on doing this. Now, whether you, like an individual, agree with them or not, there comes a moment when you've just got to say, look, the big focus is our battle uh, to get these uh, migrants off our shores who are illegal and to a place, Rwanda, where they can be uh, either settled or where their cases can be properly heard. And that is a deterrence. You're quite right that there's no way on earth, actually, we're going to be sending as many flights mm -hmm. as would be expected if there was no deterrence on this, because that would be a very big undertaking. Yeah. Uh, but I don't believe that's the case. I think this 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 uh, stop the boats flights uh, to Rwanda is all about deterrence. It's right. all about sending a very strong message to those who would make the final risk. Just, just don't think it will work, even if it don't does actually ever happen. think about it. Okay, just finally, really briefly, if you would, so Indug Smith, just want to talk to you about COVID. You were fantastic throughout that period trying to fight for sanity, asking for really unreasonable things like a cost-benefit analysis of the harms yeah. of, uh, of lockdowns as well as the supposed benefits. We can just look at Sweden and where they stand in terms of excess deaths from all causes in the last three years, to know that, that if we hadn't locked down, that we wouldn't uh, uh, have lost the, the hundreds of thousands predicted by Neil Ferguson, but we also wouldn't have had a lot of the huge costs that we've now imposed economically, physically, health-wise, mental health-wise, societal-wise since then. Um, do you think the COVID inquiry right now is going to give us any answers to any of the important questions? No, I think this inquiry has become a pathetic excuse for, it appears to me, to be uh, jobbing lawyers to spend their whole time trailing over the entrails of irrelevance. I'm sorry if I appear a bit harsh on this one, but I have to tell you that uh, watching this inquiry is, 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 is about as exciting as watching paint dry. And I have to tell you, um, the way that they're looking at this, I think, is an absurdity. What we should have asked is a very simple question. For example, Sweden has had their inquiry and it's finished. 
yeah. you know, done. Most other countries have had their inquiries and they're done. Only in this country yeah. do we release all of this to lawyers. God knows how many lawyers. And, and what they're doing is trailing through things, which I think don't tell us anything. What we, you know, we know there was a problem. Yeah. We know there was bound to be a, a certain amount of chaos in the authorities because they hadn't faced this before. We know that there were arguments and debates. That is the nature of crisis government. No, from the Second World War right the way through, you know, nobody goes to, to work at Downing Street and it's a complete agreement with each other. And there will be heightened moments. We know that and can assume that. That's not the point. The point about this inquiry should be, if it has any merit at all, to ask, should we have locked down endlessly and so completely? Did we take into account the nature of the problems that would exist for those who had no choices and would have to go to work, the people that went to Amazon and co to pack the books that made many in the middle classes sit quite happily at home in their gardens while they were slogging in on tubes that the mayor yeah. failed to put regularly on enough so that I saw pictures from my constituents where they were jam-packed into yeah. those tubes it because was, he was more worried about his drivers. It was These one rule for one, one rule really for the other. Need yeah. Okay, well, we'll have to leave it there. Sabine, thank you, as always, for joining us. Sabine Douglas-Smith, former Conservative leader, thank you very much. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the new stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio.